Hey, what's up, fan? Welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast. The first, the best, and the only X-Files podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I'll be the believer with you this evening, and with me, as always, is nobody, because they are a skeptic and a fool for never giving the X-Files a chance. If this is your first time joining us, Smaller on the Outside is a TV podcast that talks about a different TV show per podcast season. For the most part, this show is centered around Doctor Who, hence the title of the show, is where we are most loyal. But we test the waters with other shows all the time, like Sherlock, 24, 24 Live Another Day, now The X-Files, as well as some scratch season ideas like Heroes Reborn and Orphan Black. We even recorded a few Orphan Black episodes that never saw the light of day because, let's face it, I'm still not done with that season. As for some announcements, this season will bear witness to a couple of different firsts for the show, like the fact that I've never done the podcast as a one-man show before, which is exactly what it sounds like, me the host, talking to you the audience, mano e mano, which could turn out great, turn out horribly, who knows, only you, so make sure you let me know in the comments section below, tell me how I'm doing, keep me updated, keep me informed, because I want to know so we can move forward. Uh, another first is that this season also will be on MixLR.com. MixLR is a live broadcasting internet radio host. To put it simply, you have the ability to listen to this podcast live as I record it. Not that I'm super exciting to listen to, but if you so choose to, you can. And you can also chat with me while I record, ask questions, make suggestions, all that fun jazz, if you want. Just go to MixLR.com, search smaller on the outside, and you, you'll probably find me. Um, if this first episode gains momentum because of MixLR, great. If not, well, we'll just pretend it never existed. How's that sound? Um, so, now, for the main event, as you've probably heard, after 14 years of being off the air, The X-Files is back. But you may or may not have seen the show before, so the real question is, uh, do you need to know what the show was about before going in and seeing the new show? Because not everybody wants to go back nine years and watch 200 episodes and more just to see the new ser series. If you're interested in the show, there should be a way to watch this new show without watching all the, the garbage. Because, let's face it, some of the episodes are boring. And they're not all super important. So that's the main question. Can you watch this with zero knowledge of the other show? The real answer to that is yes and no. Uh, yes, you can watch this without any prior knowledge to the show before. Because it does give you a general idea of everything that's kind of occurred. Just enough for you to understand what's going on now. Um, as well as kind of having its own idea of, of what direction where to go. You can definitely understand where it's coming from if you just watch this series. But on the other hand, you won't appreciate anything that any of the inside jokes, any of the connections to some of the older shows, um, some of the mysteries that they haven't even touched yet, you won't even know is a mystery. Um, so there are certain things here that won't be perfect, but yes, you can watch without having to go back nine years and watch the whole thing. So there's that. 
Uh, if you have not watched X-Files at all, and if you don't care if I spoil you all those nine years, that's what I'm about to do, because that's just how I saw it. I went back and I watched nine years of the show. So this is going to be a quick recap, so spoiler alert. The X-Files is a show primarily about aliens, alien abductions, and an oncoming alien invasion told through the eyes of Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, two FBI agents who are assigned to investigate special unsolved cases that no one else could figure out, nor cared to at that matter. nice thing about the X-Files is it's actually all the episodes from my, what I know of, all the episodes are actually based on real, unsolved FBI cases, so that's pretty cool. Uh, these cases included everything from UFO folklore to ghosts, vampires, spontaneous combustion, Bigfoot, and everything in between. Uh, Mulder's primary drive to follow up on these cases comes from the disappearance of his younger sister, Samantha, someone he is convinced who was abducted by aliens when they were... Uh, when he and his sister were children. It's later concluded that his sister was actually abducted by friendly ghosts in an attempt to end her inevitable life of torment and misery. Um, but as Mulder and Scully continue to search for the truth that is supposedly out there, they learn about an invasion that is sure to strike soon. Uh, aliens begin testing out various methods in order to create an alien-human hybrid, their only real hope of taking over the planet. The way they do this is through the use of an alien virus seen throughout the series as a black ooze. It takes a while, but they finally create what's known as a super soldier, an alien that is virtually unstoppable. And the last two seasons of The X-Files were a little weird because they featured a very limited, very small amount of David Duchovny. He's actually not even in uh, the ninth season at all other than the finale. And he's only in half of the eighth. Um, because new two new agents take over the department in uh, the FBI. Their names are Agent Do John Doggett and Monica Reyes. These two would temporarily be new known as the new Mulder and Scully. Uh, Mulder disappeared... Uh, because he wanted to uh, take part in his movie career. Uh, not something that actually really exploded, but he's somewhat known. And Scully did other things like teach FBI recruits at the Academy and gave birth to a super baby. That's right, somewhere in the seventh season, Mulder and Scully finally get together and immediately have a kid in the eighth season who turns out to be a freaking god or superhero or something. He's a baby MacGuffin. Uh, they have to actually give it up for adoption because it's basically like the Terminator. Sarah Connor and John Connor and all these people keep on coming to kill him. So she has to put him in hiding. But that unfortunately means giving up for adoption. In the end, Mulder doesn't exactly expose the truth that he personally believes, but as an audience, we believe we do know the truth, which offers slight closure to the series. The movie I Want to Believe that came out in 2008 did not further the mythology story, but was instead just mere fun, bringing back the characters that we love just because. The real expansion of the story is found in this 10th season of the show, so let's talk about that uh, the first episode of X-Files Season 10 is called My Struggle. So, My Struggle. First episode of the X-Files. It'll probably start on a Friday. What will seem like an attack on America by terrorists or Russia. Driven by a well-oiled, well-armed, and multinational group of elites. 
using alien technology that government's been hiding for 70 years. Like yourself, I'm a true believer. What I need is your expertise. You said if I ever put the pieces together that you would confirm. And have you? I've seen something. You're nearly there. You're close. I can't do this alone. us and spy on us tell us that makes us safer we've never been in more danger and do something about it Mulder I have seen this before you're on fire believing that you're on to some truth that you can save the world this is my life this is everything I believe in you are on dangerous ground here I know what I'm doing. We have a small problem. So, the first episode starts off with a sort of previously on. Like many of the X-Files episodes in the past, it starts off with a narration from either Mulder or Scully. This particular episode started with a narration from Mulder basically explaining in general terms what happened in the last nine years. Basically, what is the X-Files? What are UFOs uh, to most people? Um, what do we remember most about UFOs? Which really comes down to Roswell, New Mexico. That's the only main UFO story that we remember uh, because it's the main one. Um, and it actually ends with a, it's like a CGI crash of the Roswell um, UFO and which moves right along to a doctor back in 1947 who is rushed to the site of the UFO crash. And we don't know exactly why at this point. We just know that he is a medical doctor um, and he's brought there for some reason. Um, he's a scientist slash doctor, I guess you could call him, but he is there. He's actually very important for the rest of this episode and maybe even for the rest of the season. Not quite sure at this point, but I don't think we'll see the end of him after this episode. Um, Scully is in a hospital. She's about to perform a surgery on a kid. I guess uh, she's, she's still a doctor, which is good to know. She's performing a surgery on a kid that apparently has no ears. Uh, you learn a little bit more about that later, but it's not super important. Just a little di bit different, just to know that she may not be on the X-Files anymore, but she is still doing weird cases, I guess you can call them. Um, but she gets a call from Skinner, who wants her to get in touch with Mulder, because nobody can get in touch with Mulder. It's not that he's um, in trouble or anything like he was in the past, but he clearly is paranoid. If you look closely, the first time you see Mulder, he's covering up the webcam on his computer, clearly out of paranoia. 
Um, he's also kind of a bum. He doesn't really seem to drive anywhere, like physically drive. Um, there's something wrong with him. Um, the, the later on you find out something about depression, but I think that's something as further the season goes, we're going to find out a little bit more. Uh, but he's trying to get Scully to contact Mulder because there's a conspiracy theorist who goes by the name Tad O'Malley who wants to meet with Mulder and Scully. Um, so Mulder basically just says, okay, he'll meet up with them. I don't know if he just wants the action or he wants to meet up with Scully because he misses her or whatnot, but he decides to meet up with uh, Tad O'Malley who is played by uh, the guy in Community, Joe McHale. Joe McHale. Uh, and man, oh man, Mulder, Mulder, Mulder. He does not really look like Mulder, but we'll get into this a little bit later, but he looks old. Um, O'Malley meets with both Mulder and Scully because he knows about the X-Files uh, and he wants to expose a big evil conspiracy that's going on. It has to do with aliens, it has to do with the government, it has to do with pretty much everything you could ever imagine, but um, he has to kind of gradually tell them about it. And he needs their experience to help expose this big evil thing. Um, so he takes them to meet up with an abductee, a girl that has these stories about uh, being pregnant multiple times, uh, getting abducted multiple times, aliens that removed her babies before they were born. She says she has alien DNA, um, but the only way to really prove that, Mulder suggests, is that Scully actually t does a little test on her because it's hard to believe somebody when they say they have alien DNA. Uh, so Scully decides to go ahead and do the test on the girl. Um, the girl, while she's doing the test, says she can move things with her mind. She can read people's thoughts. Uh, it's not that it, she can really control it. Just it, it happens sometimes, which, okay, that's fine. She starts reading Scully's mind and starts explaining to us, the audience, why she and Mulder ultimately broke up. Because that's a big concern of all the big fans out there. Why did Scully and Mulder break up? Um, apparently Mulder has a form of depression and that's ultimately what killed the relationship. Um, which out of all the things that would have broken it up, I'm actually surprised it's not something like, uh, obsession or craziness. He was just depressed, I guess. Maybe with, uh, William or something because they gave up the child and he doesn't know how to cope. I, I'm, like I said, the depression thing might be something we will discover more of throughout the season. No telling at this point. We just know that that's the main thing that broke up the relationship. Um, Mulder is taken by, uh, Ted O'Malley to a hangar where he is shown an ARV, an alien replica vehicle they said in the in the show in real life the actual arv is called an alien reproduction uh vehicle i don't know why they changed it for the show because it's the same thing i've never actually heard of an arv which is surprising to me because i i like ufo stuff an arv is basically a human a government created vehicle uh that takes the technology from an alien ship and reproduces it in something that we make. And this is something that was never touched on in the show before, which I think is pretty cool. He takes him to see an actual alien replica vehicle. 
um, which is in a Faraday cage, which shields it from everybody else. Um, it can hover itself, um, and it can disappear or zip away. I'm not entirely sure what it does, uh, but it's got actual UFO stuff. And they're saying that these, the technology has been around since the, the 40s. Um, so Mulder asked, where'd you get it? But back and forth, we're going back to the 47, we're going to the Roswell crash, we're seeing the doctor, we see an actual alien, which they kill, um, which is partially why the doctor's there. He needs, they need him to be part of the uh, reproduction team, the people that create the technology that they find. At least that's my theory on it anyways. Um, O'Malley comes to Scully at the hospital. I think he just wants to chat with her because in the end he just says, I just wanted to see you again because that scene was pointless. So Mulder goes back. He goes back to the abductee um, and he wants to ask her a few questions without Tad O'Malley present. Um, she tells him in secret that the aliens didn't actually take the babies, but mended. She specifically remembers being abducted by men who took the baby, which gets uh, the wheels turning in Mulder's head. Um, it suggests that O'Malley wanted Mulder to believe it was aliens for some reason. Um, I'm not sure if, Mul uh, if O'Malley actually has a hidden agenda or if he wanted to lure Mulder in with the aliens in mind, but in turn start suggesting that it was actually men all along anyways. But I, I think that was more along the lines, not that he's a bad guy or anything. This makes Mulder think everything over again. He thinks everything they ever worked on in the last decade and last 15 years was a complete lie. It changes the entire show. Um, and this is probably the, one of the most important scenes in the episode. Mulder meets with a really old guy. We learn that this is the doctor in the beginning at Roswell, just older now. Um, he's been Mulder's source for a while, basically. He has told Mulder that he would confirm anything Mulder said to him if Mulder put the pieces together. And Mulder's finally starting to put the pieces together of the truth that is supposedly out there. Um, he figures out the how. The free energy um, that we've seen in the R ARV earlier has been in use. Um, and they created, mis they misreported uh, alien abductions because of the technology that people reproduced. The why um the countdown has begun in 2012 nobody knew about he said that uh i'll get into that a little bit later alien technology is used by man against humanity the one piece of that's missing is why this is happening in the first place and that's something that we have to learn throughout the series because we we're starting to understand now what's been going on throughout the last nine years that it wasn't really aliens there's no alien conspiracy it, it it's been men all along it's not saying that aliens don't exist aliens clearly exist but man took the technology from aliens and has been using it against ourselves the real question is why uh scully he tried um he tries to tell Mulder tries to tell scully uh, about this and scully tries to snap Mulder out of it saying you're crazy you're getting loopy again um you've done this several times before and you need to snap out of it you gotta be more rational like like me basically um 
So the only thing left to do now is to bring her in with the pregnant girl and to try to explain everything. Um, and there's no way I can explain it on the podcast, so I'm just going to play the clip that tries to just explain all the conspiracies, all the rest of the season, everything all together that just makes everything make sense. The tentacles reached far back into the last century, but it wasn't until victories in Europe and Japan and the onset of the Cold War that political and economic conditions became perfect for actual execution. A conspiracy bigger and more secret than the Manhattan Project. More odious and far-reaching. No sooner had we defeated Germany than a new threat started appearing in skies over America, drawn to earth by the latest threat to extinction, the H-bomb. Explosions acting as transducers, drawing alien life forms through wormholes in spaceships using electrogravitic propulsion. Advanced extraterrestrial species visiting us, concerned for mankind and the threat of our self-destruction, forestalling our annihilation through their own self-sacrifice in crashes at Roswell, more importantly places like Aztec. World leaders signed secret memos directing scientific studies of alien technology and biochemistry. Classified studies were done at military installations S-4, Groom Lake, Wright-Patterson, and Dulce. Extracting alien tissue, tests were done on unsuspecting human subjects, and elaborately staged abductions in craft using alien technology recovered from the down saucers. Including human hybridization through gene editing and forced implantation of alien embryos. Why do such a thing and lie about it? Our own government. Your own government lies as a matter of course, as a matter of policy. The Tuskegee experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine. A government hiding, hoarding alien technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective the takeover of America. And then the world itself, by any means necessary, however violent, or cruel, or efficient. By severe drought, brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high-altitude electromagnetic waves, in a state of perpetual war, to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home with tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. The militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S., the building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose, the corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A government that taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes. And the final takeover begins. The takeover of America. By a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate. So, it's hard to actually explain that by without just listening to it as is, because that was kind of insane. I like the direction that X-Files is going with this because they're taking that alien conspiracy and trying to turn it it around, make it a general conspiracy, a general government conspiracy that's just backed up by an alien conspiracy. So everything kind of makes sense. And, And the nice thing about that entire speech is probably the most convincing speech 
the X-Files has ever had, period. Which is weird for the show, but I found it quite welcoming. I, I, uh, I immediately liked where this season was going as soon as I saw that scene. Because this is very important for the rest of the season, the rest of the series. If there's any more movies, it's important for that. It's there's there, it doesn't get quite much more important than that. Anyways, after this, they they intend to expose the truth, the truth that's out there. They tend to have Tad O'Malley expose the truth for them. He's basically their godsend. He he is there um, as a tool, basically for for Mulder, basically. So that's actually what Tad O'Malley wants to do. He wants to expose the truth, and he had uh, Mulder help get it to that point. But the problem is these the government's good. They are good. They are not going to let anybody expose anything. So the ARV seen from earlier is shot and exploded. It is destroyed, and I think so are the scientists that were working on it. Um, the abductee girl has, was gotten to and probably threatened because she takes back everything she said before and just basically calls Ted O'Malley a liar on a national TV. Tad's website is completely pulled. The website is, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, so his show is canceled. We don't know what's going on with him even because that's the last time we see of him. Um... Somebody tight in the government knows what's going on, and they are pulling the plug, and they're making things very difficult for Mulder and Scully. <sighs> so anyways, the tests that Scully ran on the abductee and actually on herself as well came back positive. Uh, that means that the abductee does in fact have alien DNA, and as does Scully, because they both had somewhat similar tests done on them, being pregnant and uh, having alien babies and such like that. We don't know what that means. We don't know what them having alien DNA even means, if it means anything at all. Um, but it's it's an interesting point, and I'm sure, once again, it's something we're going to have to dive into later. Um, the abductee is driving down the road, and she either is killed by an ARV or abducted by UFO, maybe abducted by an AR ARV, but whatever the case may be, her car was uh, destroyed. And finally, at the very end of the episode, the cigarette smoking man is back. He gets a call and says, we have a problem. The X-Files has been reopened. Um, here's the problem with that. The last time we saw the cigarette smoking man, he was seen dying. Not only just dying, but a helicopter, a military helicopter, shot a missile at him. And you watched his skin melt off his face off his bones and everything. It was like a scene out of the end of uh, Indiana Jones. It literally melted off his face. There is no reason why he should be alive. And I know that Fox likes to bring people back from the dead, but this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, that being said, he does have some fire scars on him. Clearly he was burned. Maybe he did escape from it. I hope they actually explain it. Uh, it's not a, um, it doesn't not make sense. The X-Files has gone through the things of clones before, so maybe that's it. I, it could be a clone, it could be a time traveler, I don't know what it could be. It could be anything, really. But he is back to apparently ruin the day again. Alright, so, we're going on to this 
the second episode of The X-Files, uh, Founder's Mutation. Now, Founder's Mutation is the second episode, and this one is a little bit laid back, a little bit more Monster of the Week. Um, it's not mythology-centered, at least not a whole lot, but there are important elements in the episode as well. So this plot will actually, uh, we should probably go through it pretty quickly because it's not super, super important. Just kind of fun. It's it's one of those episodes that feels more like the glory days of the X-Files and um, knows that it knows how to still have fun too. And so at this place called the Nugenics, there is a man walking through the place. Who, who, he has got a bleeding eye. His ears are ringing. Something's wrong with this guy, okay? There's something clearly going on in his head. We, we just don't know what. Um, but it has something to do with the founder. He goes into a business meeting where they keep talking about a founder. Um, that he's creepy for just having the name the founder. Um, but then he starts hearing things. He starts hearing, do it now, Dana is the key. Do it now, Dana is the key. I don't even know what that means. I thought we'd find out because Dana is Scully's first name, but I, I don't think we even found that out. It was just, that's what he kept trying here. Do it now, Dana is the key. He runs away because he just cannot stand all this noise that's going on in his head. He can't bear to, to live with it. So he writes something down in his hand, takes a letter opener, and stabs it through his ear into his brain, killing himself. So it starts off with a little suicide. And then it goes into the intro again. And by the way, the intro this uh, this time, it's still the old classic intro, which I'm glad that they didn't use the updated mix uh, that the last two seasons of The X-Files had. This is back to the good old days, a back to the classic 1990s theme song. It's, it's pretty cool that they kept it and didn't redo it. Um, so when it comes back from the intro, Mulder, uh, tries to take a hard drive in the room that the guy killed himself in, but he's not allowed to because it's apparently property of the DOD, Department of Defense, and Department of Defense is pretty apparent in this episode. It's, they just don't like working with the FBI, apparently. I didn't know that. Um, but... Mulder doesn't exactly give up that easily, so he takes the victim's cell phone instead to go through contacts, messages, find out uh, a little bit more about this guy's life. So he finds a uh, contact in the cell phone uh, that the victim talked to quite a bit. Um, it looks like it's the victim's boyfriend by the looks of it, because uh, Mulder meets up with the contact in the phone, um, and all we really learn about the victim is, is that he's gay and he kind of lived two lives because he was ashamed of one and couldn't live how he wished he could. But meanwhile, Scully does an autopsy on the victim and finds the inscription that he wrote on his hand, which is Founder's Mutation, the title of the episode. So she, Scully, and Mulder decide to go over to the victim's house because apparently no one even has thought of going to the victim's house yet. Uh, doesn't cross the cop's mind at all. Nope, just got to go there, though. Inside, they find uh, a mural, a bunch of pictures on the wall of kids with major mutations going on. Uh, to me, it just kind of looks like radiation, uh, bad radiation poisoning. Um, and I, I know that this is the case, like, in real life, too. Uh, kids have been known to get these mutations, but they're just calling this the founder's mutation. Um, 
And while there, Mulder is affected by that same ringing of ears. Um, and he hears, find her. Find her. So, find her is probably to Molly. But we'll talk about that later. Um, so the Department of Defense, like I said, is really trying to keep the FBI off this case. Not really sure why. They just are. They hate the FBI. They don't want them in their business. Uh, but Mulder kept some of the mutation pictures uh, and evidence to look over, while Scully has been keeping track of the security footage in Nugenics of the murder. And she's there's a bunch of cameras, so she's kind of familiar with that. Um, they keep looking for the founder, though. And they keep getting the runaround because while in the hospital that the founder apparently is a big donator for, they meet a pregnant girl in the hospital who wants to escape the hospital uh, some, because there's something wrong with her baby. And obviously, there's something that's wrong with her baby. It's got to be a mutation. It's got to be a mutation. Maybe she's got alien DNA because everybody who's pregnant apparently has alien DNA. Um, and while they keep thinking about pregnancy and, and things that are wrong with the babies, Scully starts to think about William, their, their last baby, the, the baby that they never really got to see grow up, who would now be 15 years old if he had stayed with Scully. So Scully goes in a dream, dreamland and starts imagining what life would be like if they never gave up William. She imagines taking him to school. She imagines caring for him after he breaks an arm. And then she imagines him turning into an alien. and It starts to turn into a nightmare type of thing. So she snaps out of that real quick. Um, and then they meet up with the founder for the final. Because they kept on getting the runaround done. But now the founder decided to meet up with them. Because he wasn't hiding from them from all the time. And he kind of shows them all the monstrous kids who apparently are caged, um, like basic caged animals. He, he explains it away as I uh, need to get them away from the uh, from all the different elements of the world. They need to kind of be in their own element, so that's why they're caged up. I don't think anybody really buys it. Um, Scully suggests that the key to their abnormalities might be caused by alien DNA, because alien DNA is uh, behind everything in the show. <clears throat> But she sounds a little crazy when she says it, because it's always the explanation. Um, when they leave that hospital, the pregnant girl from earlier is found dead, and the baby was surgically removed from her. This makes uh, this reminds Mulder of an older case where a woman was convicted of killing her own child, um, but she was pregnant when it happened, and the baby was never found. Um, so they go in and find her and ask her what's going on. Well, she tells her uh, them about the story about her daughter who could breathe underwater, that her husband hid her away so she wanted to escape her husband so she can keep her baby boy before he keeps, he hides the boy away from her. She just needed one kid, you know, uh, but she runs away. She gets hit by a car or a, she, no, she runs into an animal. That's right. And she gets in, a, in an accident. She starts getting ringing ears herself after the accident, telling, saying she let him out because she put the knife into her gut and she kind of performed her own C-section, let the baby out, and she never saw the baby again. She fainted. So the baby isn't necessarily dead. She shouldn't be convicted for murdering if they never found a baby. Um, so 
Mulder makes a kind of an outrageous connection. I feel like they were just rushing at this point. Um, that the janitors at both the hospital and the eugenics are subcontractors that work for the same company. They have the same outfit and everything, so he kind of recognized the outfit. Um, but there was also a subcontractor slash janitor that was near the first victim when he died. So he's starting to come up with this theory that the baby that the woman cut out of herself, the woman who was incarcerated for the murder of that same baby, the baby had some kind of ability. He could suggest to people to do things, or he could speak to them in their minds. It just it didn't work well for people. Some people just wanted to kill themselves when they heard it. Um, so there's something special about this child, because the same thing has happened to all these different people who keep killing themselves. So they went back to the security footage and they find that janitor who was right next to, or in a, in a room next to the first victim who died. So they decide to go find that janitor. They go to his house where his mother opens the door. Um, and then suddenly Mulder once again collapses when his ears start ringing. This is a good sign, sort of. We know we are at the right place. We know that this janitor has something to do with these murders. So they take him. They take him to the founder, um, and all he wants to do is see Molly, his sister, who was taken away by his father earlier on. Um, so he's like, yeah, I'll show you Molly. He takes him to an actress who is not Molly, and the brother knows it's not Molly. So he freaks out and starts running down the hallway, and what do you know, a couple rooms down, the actual Molly is there. And now I realize why they wanted to keep the two separate, because when they are together, it is not a good thing. They cause a lot of trouble. So it started once again to be a thing out of the end of Indiana Jones. People's faces started melting off and eyes started to explode. It's pretty nasty. Um, but apparently that's all they ever wanted to do in the first place. I mean, the whole find her thing that they heard, or Dana is the key probably to finding Molly and all this, um, was to get the two kids together. And once that happened, it was a happily ever after thing because... The next thing that happened at the end of this episode was Mulder had a dreamland where he imagined life with William if they didn't give him up. He imagined watching movies and explaining movies with William, uh, building model rockets and coming up with, you know, life lessons. And then he imagined William getting abducted just like his sister was abducted years, years, years ago. So they both had uh, good memories that I think they came to closure with because every time they think if they kept the boy something bad would happen and if that would happen they would have hated themselves even more for it so that was the first two episodes of the x-files season 10 and i am happy that it is back and i am happy with what they have done with it so far um i had a few worries when coming into it i had worries i had questions and they answered a few questions, left some more for open, uh, and some the worries didn't turn out to be too many worries. The main worries was, well, Mulder and Scully don't look like Mulder and Scully anymore. How can they really bounce back? Especially when Jillian herself has said it was really tough for her to bounce back into character because she has spent years trying to get away from the character. Uh, she said that here, and she said it in the 2008 movie too, almost identically what she said. So I was really worried if they would bounce back into character or if it would just seem really awkward. At times it would seem awkward, but it had more to do with how they looked. 
Mulder looked like his face is like just melting off his face. Age is not fitting him very well at all. I mean, the wrinkles and the the face is more square and old. And it's just not fitting. I I, I get it. He's older. It makes sense. It, he doesn't fit the role as well as he did. At least not physically. He still bounced back into character rather well. I mean, he's David Duchovny. He he's always the same character. Only this time, he looked more like he came out of Californication than he came out of the X Files. So, I mean, looks are important, but story's more important, in my opinion. Uh, and then Jillian, while well, she obviously had she had plastic surgery, she had um, you know a nose job, Botox. She's she's wearing a fake wig. Those were also concerns. She looks thinner. Which is great. A lot of people say she looks a lot more beautiful than she ever did before. Well, I don't really think so. I don't even think she really looks like Scully anymore. But she still acts like Scully. She still sounds like Scully. And she got into character a lot more here than she did in the 2008 movie. Which I'm glad. Um, so my worries there were okay. A few questions I had before coming into the um, show were how are they going to move on with this mythology thing? And I like the direction they went. Probably my favorite direction they've gone since the beginning of the show. They took it from the alien conspiracy, which is kind of cool as far as the X-Files is concerned, into something that's more convincing for an overall audience, especially an audience that just started listening now, um, or started watching now, rather. People can become fans of X-Files now. People can become fans enough to go back and watch on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And I think they got that going for them. Um, in the last uh, season, they explained that the Mayan uh, thing about December 21st, the end of the world, is actually the first, the first of the, the last of the attacks of the aliens, is at least what the cigarette smoking man said in the ninth season. But... Obviously, we're past December 21st, but they did make a mention of December 21st in the first episode, if you remember. He said something about the countdown begun, and nobody knew it in December 21st. I don't really know what that means. The countdown for what? The truth? Maybe we won't know. Maybe it was just an easy explanation to make sure that we touched base. I wanted to know what happened with the relationship because I knew that they weren't going to be together. They touched base with that. Uh, I wanted them to talk about the lone gunman. Uh, they have some news saying that the lone gunman might show up in this series, even though they were killed off. Fox has a tendency to bring back the dead. That's okay. Well, we never really saw them die, but they were in a position that makes no sense to live. That, and I never really cared about the lone gunmen in the first place. They were the kind of people that um, were always the hacker helpers. The hacker helpers. And they were quick snapping. They were original characters, uh, but I never cared for them. I never even felt like watching the spinoff show with them. I always rolled my eyes when they were on the show, and I know I'm probably in the minority there. A lot of people love them, but... I never really cared for them. They have not shown up in the first two episodes. I'm okay with that. I hope they don't really show up, but they might. I don't know how. Maybe in video format. Maybe in actual format. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, but hey. Um, the Cigarette Smoking Man. We know he's alive. That's all we know. We don't know anything about him other than that. I would like an explanation into how he survived, though. Doggett and Reyes. I think I read somewhere that they definitely won't be reprising their roles. But that doesn't mean they won't be 
be mentioned. It's important that they mention Doggett and Reyes because we need to know what's going on in their lives. Are they still with the FBI? Are they together? Are they raising William? Um, I, I would like uh, at least a little bit of explanation of what's going on with them. I know that they weren't exactly anybody's fan favorite, but they were interesting enough characters at least to warrant being talked about again. Skinner. Walter Skinner apparently has not left the FBI. He is still in the same position, um, though that's always how it's been. His character is pretty two-dimensional. He he helps Mulder and Scully when he can, but other than that, he's dedicated to his work. And that's pretty much his entire character. Kirsch. Kirsch is the uh, deputy director of the FBI, and he is a butthole for the most part. He turned out to be okay in the last season, in the last few episodes, but for the most part, nobody likes him. They hate him. He is an evil, evil man. Um, but we want to know what's going on with him. Is he still the deputy director? Um, or are we just going to ignore that altogether? Who knows? Um, super soldiers. They mentioned some things about alien hybrids, um, but they didn't say anything about super soldiers. I think it's important for them to talk about the super soldiers um, that are part alien in this show. Um, so got kind of waiting for that. I don't know if the season 10 comics of the show are still canon since the show started back up. They could be. I never read them. I know they're about Mulder and Scully going against uh, super soldiers, but other than that, I'm not entirely sure. And finally, William. Um, it would be really cool to see William in the show um, after being a teenager and everything, like driving a car, getting into trouble, running into Bigfoot or something. Who knows? I would like to see William again. I would like it to be a surprise. I would like him to just be playing a different role because obviously they wouldn't keep the name William. Just have his name be, you know, Bill. Call Bill. It's still William, but um, Mulder and Scully meet Bill and find out later that it's actually William. I would like to see that happen, but it may not. But it is an open-ended thing that can happen and I think should because there's a lot of opportunity there. Other than that, that was the that was the show. That was the first two episodes. Um, next week's episode is called Mulder and Scully Meet the Were Monster. Well, that ought to be interesting. Um, you can catch me on Stitcher, Podomatic, WordPress, and iTunes. Just search for Smaller on the Outside. Give me a follow. Give me a shout-out. Give me a comment. Give me a thumbs-up. Give me something. Um, I want to know what you're thinking. Let me know how I'm doing, and we'll go from there. My name is Dave, and I was a believer with you this evening, and with me is nobody because they are a skeptic. Uh, I'll catch you next week on Smaller on the Outside. Peace out.